Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Just because you have a word of the day calendar doesn't mean you get to come on the radio and think like you're smart. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, hour number two. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We're coming to you from Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill. Why? Well, it's their Red Tag Clearance Sale, the spring event. Huge deal. We're out here for another two hours. Stop by and say hi, Whitey, as Marty, Ernesto, Young Brody, Richard, Were you impressed that I was able to guess Young Brody's favorite warrior? I was. Okay. I was, yeah. Because you could tell it wasn't Steph. Yeah. You, I, clay, I was with you. had Clay written all he had, over and, him. Yeah. And it was, it was Clay Thompson. So, yeah, Young Brody stopping by saying hi. Richard and then Scott as well. Uh, we've had a lot of other people come up uh, as we've been on the air kind of mm-hmm. waving and, and checking it. out all the appliances, checking out the grills and the ovens and, uh, and, and all of the good food as well, uh, putting those ovens and grills and everything here at Friedman's Appliance to good use. Uh, let, let's get to the phones. Let's bring in our, our, well, friend of the program, friend of the station. Friend of Friedman's. Friend of Friedman's, really. It's, <laughs> it's Mr. Friedman himself. Uh, <laughs> Jim Friedman's Cozumore. The, the great Jim Cozumore. What's going on, brother? Uh, good, to, good to talk to you. Boys, it's my favorite work day of the year. Are you kidding me? The Red Tag Sale and JD and Whitey? It doesn't get any better than this, brother. Yeah, we got to get you a tri-tip taco. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. That's the best part of it. I'm telling you. People are driving right now. What is that? They're driving right up. Uh, is that 680? 680. And they're, yeah. they're, they're seeing it right off to the side. I'm telling you. Take the exit. Pull in. You got yourself a family meal, and then you got to just take a look at all the great stuff. But that you guys are there on the best day of the year. That food is phenomenal. Yeah, I know you and you and uh, Whitey have done shows here. The two of us have done shows here. Uh, it, it really is a, a phenomenal event. I, I want to say this is my fourth or fifth spring wow. red, red tag uh, clearance event. event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm not mistaken, J.D., you and I are the original. I think you and I started the whole thing. If, that, if I'm not mistaken, I think we did, and I'm telling you, we've seen it grow year in and year out. I got to get. I'm on the website right now at FriedmansApplies.com because I want one of those flat top grills. I'm trying to do an outdoor kitchen where I live, so I want one of those flat top grills. I'm gonna go take a look at that. You know, Coz, I, I think that's true that you and JD did the first one here because there is a plaque somewhere commemorating that. I haven't found it yet, but I'm told there is a plaque here, so I'm looking for that. But with all the refrigerators around here, i got to ask you, Coz, can Warrior fans at this point chill about this team's playoff chances now that they've won three in a row? Let me just point out to the audience, that is a weekday question that's not a weekend question the way he got in from the freezer got him from the the refrigerator into chilling into the question so just so you know listeners you're getting full weekday 
material on the weekend on a scrub Saturday. That's what I want to say with that question, Whitey. I think they should chill. I think if I'm a Golden State Warrior fan, aren't I sitting here with a Cheshire Cat grin? Yeah. Aren't I in the best spot possible for where I've been? Listen, I get it. Four championships, and we all would like to run out to the lead and win 62 games and have our easy way into the finals. I think this might be a little more reminiscent, J.D., to when you go back to those earlier years. Remember the couple of years they're in the playoffs? Then they're going to make their way in, and you think, ah, you got to lose a little before you can win the finals. I might get re-energized more with a season like this for the Warriors. And I know there's been frustration, but I think you can use this as a, a little bit more of a re-energized year. I love where the Golden State Warriors are, and I would chill if I'm a Warrior fan. Yeah, and it seems like there's been a little more purpose just in the last couple of games. Now, we've, we've said it before, Coz. You know, they go in, they beat Dallas late. Dallas is no great shakes. They come back at home. They, they've been winning every game at home here for the last month and a half. But it does seem like the, the OGs of the squad, the, the Stephs, the Clays, the Draymonds, have, have finally sensed. I think the fans wanted it to be go time, say, in January. Uh, but, but and it's taken maybe almost to April, but it finally a little bit is starting to feel like those three are, are putting a tone that it's that it's go time and, and, and a top four spot still not out of the question. Haven't we done this seemingly for the past half dozen years where they get what it takes to go through the grind of playing into June? And I remember the one year where Draymond Green was overweight, and, and he even said, you know what, it's a long year. I'll be ready when the playoffs start. And then that second half of the year and the late part of the year, his game is toned, his body is toned. They know what it takes, and it seems like every year we want to get angst over the fact that, again, they're not in first place on day one and running with first place in the Western Conference throughout the entire thing. Listen, it is, it's, it's been a tremendous ride, and I've been fooled a couple of times in which I said, guys, you know what, it was a great run, but all great runs come to an end. I just think that this team is primed at the right time, and you're right, the big names and the big guns and really the ones who put the burners on, like an Electrolux burner, Whitey, if I might say. <laughs> you can use a burner from well Electrolux, done. and you can really get cooking yeah. like this Splash Brothers team can. I just want to slide that in at uh, Friedman's Appliance. But I, honestly, I, I do think this team is, is really in a good spot and I really do think that they are going to make that run. And I'm going to be interested to see how other teams approach them. Are they starting to not have fear, but are they starting to see, uh-oh, now we know that the Warriors know it's time to put on the burners. Jim Cosmore with us here. It's a Warriors this week. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. You look at these standings, Coase, and I know we have – not only do we have uh, a lot of meat left on the grill here at Friedman's, but we got a lot of pizza left in the box, so to speak, on this season. But right now, the Warriors are in the sixth spot. And in the three spot, you've got the Sacramento Kings. So if the playoffs started today, dot, dot, dot. You worked for a long time in San Francisco. Do you have your split cap, Coase? That's what Whitey really wants to ask. Do you have a split cap? <laughs> I, I wasn't going there, but that is a great question. Can you speak to what that would mean for – the region, if we have that. And I know it's it's bigger for Sacramento, but even some people uh, in the Bay Area are looking at that now and going, hey, you know, that might be a really fun matchup. Whitey, I'm so happy that you asked that question. It would be so great for Northern California basketball. It would be absolutely wonderful for the capital city 
because they haven't tasted the playoffs in 16 seasons. So that's a big deal. And they will end up, they, they will take anybody in the playoffs. Yes. Well, I don't think that they want to run away from Golden State. They don't care who it is that shows up. If they get a date in the playoffs, they're going to be there and they're going to be happy about it. But I'm going to church tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m., and I'm going to say a little prayer that we get that Northern California matchup from the three and the six from the Kings and the Warriors. And here's why. The Kings think they're for real. The Kings think that they figured it out. And I think a lot of people have reason to believe that. But they don't know what the playoffs are like yet. Mike Brown can know all that he knows about the playoffs and all that he knows about the Golden State Warriors. But Mike Brown isn't walking across that line and bringing a dribble up the floor. I'm telling you, the Kings are going to be in for a shock. Hmm. It is going to be interesting to see what would happen if it was the Golden State Warriors against them. And all I have to think of is this. You go back in NBA time, there was a time when the Boston Celtics ruled the East, and then the Detroit Pistons eventually knocked them off. It took them a while, they knocked them off. And then the Pistons owned the East. And Michael Jordan and the Bulls kept knocking at the door and knocking at the door. And finally, they knocked them off, and then the Bulls ruled the roost. Golden State rules the roost in the Western Conference. They're the reigning NBA champions. You are the champs, and in order to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. And if you're the Kings, I would openly want the Golden State Warriors because I want to prove I can play with the big boys. That could be a transformational moment for the Western Conference. Are the Kings the team that is ready to take a step in the direction of, hey, for the next five years, we are going to be a top four, maybe a top two, and we're going to be fighting for a crown? Or are they going to be another team that climbed the mountain only to get to the top and realize they couldn't hook that chain on the last link and they slide right back down the mountain? I think it's fabulous, Whitey. I I hope you guys are rooting for it. I hope every Warrior fan is rooting for it. Are you kidding me? Those two buildings would be insane. I might fly out to catch a couple of games just for that. Nice. In your split cap. <laughs> that, that, and that. I would totally split cap it. I would totally split cap it, and I might split a split jersey because for people who, who know my background, I always want to be an NBA announcer. My very first NBA experience was with the Golden State Warriors, run TMC, Don Nelson, so I always will have a love for the Golden State Warriors, and the lengthiest part of my career was with the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. So I would, J.D., can I sit next to you with a split cap, possibly the split jersey? I'm not too sure. I might even go that far. Anytime you want, brother. Anytime yep. you want. I, yep. look, there you I'm go. Look, looking, forward, looking forward to seeing you if, if it happens. You know, Steve Kurtz said this, uh, I think it was last year, it might have been two years ago. He was talking about the difference between the, the playoffs and, and the regular season, and he, he just bluntly said it's, a, it's, it's become a different sport. Basically, the regular season is one sport. The playoffs are a completely different sport. I look at, at, at this regular season and just how mediocre most teams have been in the West, and the Kings have been above that, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets have been above that, but everybody else really has been some some combination of, of mediocre. How, how difficult does that make it for you to assess come playoff time? Because you're right, three weeks from today – the playoffs are going to tip off, and I've, I've kept this in the back of my mind for these last couple of years. It's like a completely different sport yeah. once, that, yeah. once that tips off. Nobody involved in the NBA would be allowed to make that statement more than Steve Kerr because he knew it as a player, right? He did it with the Bulls. He did it with the Spurs. He knew what it was like in an era where the game was much different and tougher. Now he knows it from the coaching side, and he understands – What's at stake? 
So no, if he says that, you have to believe him. I don't think he's going with hyperbole in that instance. That's why when I look at the Western Conference and we think of those teams, and maybe I'm at fault in this, but I'm starting to think that Denver is what Denver is, right? They're a really nice 82-game team with a really unbelievable player that makes it all happen. But once you get to the, the four short sprints, that's not what they're built for. And I think Memphis is too combustible. I think that's a team that, and I get a chance to see them on a regular basis where I am. I think they're talented as anyone else in the Western Conference, but they're combustible. And I know there are the off-court issues that go on with John Morant, but on court that they've got some issues as well. Hey, listen, they've got themselves to blame for not winning the title last year when they self-imploded against the Golden State Warriors. They felt here they should have knocked off the Warriors and they would have been champions. But I didn't see them learn any lessons from that by what's going on recently with their club. So you've got that team there, and Sacramento we already talked about. For 16 years, they've been sitting there. By now, they're already having mock drafts. By now, J.D., you remember, we would be sitting there and playing that game where you could click on a website, and they would do the random... <laughs> oh, yeah, the lottery. Of, yeah, the, the, exactly. yeah, the lottery tracker, where you would just yeah, go through different... <laughs> you, you, they would, you, you could perform a lottery on your, on your, com. On yeah. your computer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, hey, they got number two this time. Oh, hey, they got number four this time. Oh, damn, they got bumped to seven. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what they're used to doing. So I don't know how they're going to respond when it all comes out. I, you know, I think we were all there the first – the last time this experience was going on in the capital city was back in the late 90s, and I mean the 99 – you know, 98-99 season, 99-2000, when the Kings kind of burst out of the scene after being horrific pretty much since their inception. They were good when they first started in the 80s, and then they were really horrific. So that era, they started to be good. And you, you guys know firsthand what that city's like and what can happen in that city. But you also saw a really talented team go up against the Utah Jazz, a veteran side that wasn't the best version of the Utah Jazz, but still, they knew the playoffs. They understood it. And it came down to a last shot, but the, Golden, uh, but the uh, Sacramento Kings ended up falling short to the Utah Jazz. I'm afraid for this version of the Kings that they're in a bit of that circumstance, especially if they get a team like the Warriors in the first round. You give me anyone else beneath them in the West, and I think the Kings have a fighting chance. But if the Warriors walk out onto the floor, you know, there's some young guys that might pucker up because they're not quite sure what's about to happen. Who, who would you fear, Coase, if you were the Warriors from this side? Because Whitey asked the question earlier. We had a few calls on it. If you're the Warriors, given the season you've had, who, who would you fear the most among any of these teams in the West? Golly. You know, it's, here's why I think it's a hard answer, J.D., because when I take a look at the Western Conference, and, and let's just say we want to look at the Western Conference and, um, and just gauge the teams, that's fine but I'm gauging them against a warrior team that I don't think we've seen yet. So am I going to gauge a, a Western conference of the Phoenix suns or a Western conference of the Clippers, if they can get uh, Paul George back um, Minnesota, now that they're healthy, if towns can come back and do something, I don't know because I haven't seen the warriors full, full force, but I think the Phoenix side, if you're forcing me to pick a team, I am. <laughs> okay, then I don't want to face the Phoenix Suns until I have. Oh, that's what JD that's, said. Yeah, that's that was what JD's answer. Yeah, yeah, that was my pick, Coase. Yeah, which yeah. is totally okay, JD. Okay. Totally fine. Yeah. Great exactly. minds think alike. Yeah, well, yeah. they do. Well, the other thing is, I listen on the app, ninety-five-seven, <laughs> the game. So I just uh, here's what I learned: when you're a guest, slyly regurgitate something the host said, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you get credibility. Veteran move. 
Uh, yeah, now all of a sudden, I yeah. like you, Coach. Yeah, I really yeah. like that guy. We got to have him on again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what. And then you hang up, and that's what the host always says. That, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. We got to get that guy back on. All right, Coz, we got all these barbecue units here, so I got to grill you with one. And um, this may not be fair, but I'll just I'll read you, and you know these the win totals in the West right now, one through eleven, just the win totals: forty nine, forty six, forty four. 39, 38, 39, 37, 37, 36, 36, 36. That's 1 through 11. So we haven't seen anything like this. Do you have any idea why we're seeing it now? Is it perhaps an indication that the play-in tournament is actually working and motivating teams to try to stay in the race longer than they used to? And uh, and you can, you know what? If you wanted to, Whitey, and I'd have given it to you, you could get down to 12 and say there's a 35-win team. Okay. So, you know, you've got 12 teams trying to get into 10 spots. I, you know, I know it was a, a I'm a fan of a midseason tournament. I'm a fan of the play-in game. I'm a fan of anything that will make it competitive. Because of the leagues, of the pro sports leagues, I think the one league that maybe takes, takes the hit the hardest is, you know what, there's some months you really don't need to watch. You know what, there's some games you only have to turn it on in the final two minutes. And I think for the NBA to try and create something new, I admire. I think that's good. You know, you go to baseball where they go to the pitch clock. I think that's smart. But the NBA has been forward-thinking in that. I like it. I like it now because more teams are involved. I think that it makes those play-in games high pressure. And, hey, all you got to do is watch the NCAA tournament going on right now, and you got the high-pressure game going, right? And a lot Mm -hmm. of teams gacking it away. Two number ones go out the other night, and another SEC team in Tennessee goes out against a 9 or a 12, whatever it was. So I, I think you're right. I think the idea the NBA had that was scoffed at by most media, all right, scoffed at, and maybe scoffed at by some players, I think that if they can make this, and you're probably going to laugh at me, a midseason tournament, you might be able to get two new TV packages. You might mm-hmm. be able to get a straight play-in package that goes along with a, a season package, and guess what? Everyone says, oh, the owners are rich enough. They're making more money. Yeah, you know what? The players get some of that, too. So uh, I like it. I think they're right. I think more teams in, Whitey. I think you've you've hit on something good. Um, And and everyone laughs and says, oh, you're a 10 seed and you're getting out of the playoffs. You know what? you got to win to get in. Too bad. That's just the way the rules are. Go do it. Yeah, and J.D., as I turn it back over to you, I will point out I can't laugh at anything Coase says about the midseason tournament because, Coase, as you may remember, on Scrub Saturdays, we decided that that tournament was going to be called – they were going to play for the Freedman's Cup. Yeah, and since that's we're true, at Freedman's, Freedman's Cup. Yeah, yep. that's, we decided and they were going to sponsor, so I, I can't laugh about that. now. And I also think as part of winning the Freedman's Cup, you get – um, and I don't know if it's floor models or not, but you get good deals on the Milas, on the Boshes, yes. on the LGs, on the Maytags. And I'm just telling you, you win the Freedman's Cup. And you know what? I'm going out on a limb. It's not even going to be floor model. You're going to get the real. You're going to get the good stuff. Although, quite frankly, can I tell you a true story? I got a buddy of mine who's a big wine guy. And they and, and over at Freedman's, they've got this two-wine bottle holder that keeps it the proper temperature, and it gives you information on the label and stuff. But you put it in this thing, and it keeps it fresh. Wow. It's got a little spigot at the bottom. So anytime you want a little freshen up, you just put your glass underneath it, and you get a little pour. But it, it, it's a really cool little technological thing. They've got it at Freedman's. I got a buddy in Walnut Creek who's going to make the drive over, and he's going to look. If they got it, he's going to buy it for me. I said, it's the red tag sale. I got to get something. <laughs> That's it. 
no doubt. And and it's and it's you know the the opportunities, especially for for different you know the the factory direct pricing on things, yes. the, the floor models, Incredible. all of that stuff. Yep. It's 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 the the best deal. So that that's good. Well, I was thinking we could ship you something if we had to, but oh, I, I knew you were going to wind up getting something, Coach. <laughs> I'm going to get something, and and I can promise you this: for the people who are going to come to Freedman's. Real quick, two stories. Last year, doing the show from the Red Tag Sale Day, right there at Friedman's, I was telling the story about Thermador. You can go in, and they'll do a display. They've got these great cooktops. You could put chocolate chips on a paper plate. They put it on the burner, right, the gas burner. It will melt the chips but not burn the paper plate. It's unbelievable. So I had some people listening when I was telling that story. They needed a washer-dryer. They drove over to Friedman's. Watched the demonstration and bought a washer dryer last year just based on that alone. Nice. So I'm telling you, just go there, grab some food, and, and see some great things. I said I had a second story, didn't I? You did. Oh, I did. Here it is. Every day I live here in Tennessee, I use something I got at Friedman's. We have a Mila built-in coffee maker, my wife and I. I make my special double latte every morning. It's built in right there. I've got my beverage station that we designed around our appliances from Friedman's Appliance. So if you're looking to do an outdoor kitchen, if you're thinking of an indoor kitchen, get to the Red Tag Sale this weekend. I promise you it will help you make ideas and make your perfect indoor or outdoor kitchen. It is a special place to be. And this is a special day, my favorite day of the year in working at 95.7 again. Well, Coase, we wish you were out here with us. We appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon, brother. Thank See you, Coase. Smoke them if you hey, got them. Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Hey, I'm going to be coming out in Northern California in the next uh, couple of weeks, so I'll let you guys know. Hopefully we can get together. J.D., I'll be out in your neck of the woods, so hopefully we can get together. And, uh, and who knows, maybe there's a little something out there that I might uh, be sneaking back every once in a while. Perfect. Oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. Appreciate that. And every, everybody, Can't... thank you so much for letting me be on. Go to freedmansappliance.com. Go to Freedman's Appliance for the red tag uh, clearance sale. It goes through Sunday, all right? If you can't get there today, you go after church tomorrow, you'll have a good time. I promise you, you will find the greatest things that you will need for your home. Whitey and J.D., I can't thank you enough for letting me come on. I, I get chills every time. And to work with you two, who I've known for 20-plus years, it just means so much more to me. Awesome. Coast, take care, man. Enjoy your hey, Saturday. See ya. Thanks, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Jim Cozumore joining us here on 95.7 The Game. Wow. We'll pause. We'll come back. We're halfway through, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors this week. J.D., Whitey Gleason, Friedman's Appliance, Pleasant Hill. 95- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 5-7 the game. But last year we were... We were terrible in the last, whatever, 12, 15 games. But the mindset's always there. You're trying to put together a solid run leading into the playoffs. Nobody wants to limp into the playoffs and then have to turn it on. I mean, we somewhat did that last year, but you'd rather not have that kind of uncertainty going in. No matter how it plays out, you want to be firing on all cylinders. And for us to bounce back and put together a solid string of, of games, like we did the last two on the road, tonight and hopefully, you know, over this homestand. You just want to feel good going into whatever the uh, playoff picture looks like. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, welcome back. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We're out here at Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill. It's Warriors This Week. Final 90 minutes or so as we're here until 4 o'clock. Steph Curry there talking about the Warriors trying to build some momentum toward the playoffs. Three in a row the last two on the road, and then the Warriors winning last night over the Sixers, 120-112. to And you may remember, but the Warriors actually won their last five games last year going into the playoffs, which is kind of hard to believe. And they, they did it without Steph Curry and then hit the ground running with Curry mm-hmm. coming off the bench in the playoffs. But even two years ago, the Warriors in that team that wound up losing in the play-in tournament, 15-5 and right. in the final 20, Curry ramped himself all the way from – you know, into the top three of the MVP race with how well he played. So finishing strong is not something that's new to this Warriors team here, even over these last couple of years. I think that's a great point when you consider last year, the Warriors started the year so strongly, well, 18-2, and two, and then they finished, they won the championship. So it's easy to forget that in the middle there, there was some of that season was like, oh, my goodness, what is wrong with this team? It's easily forgotten. So that's been one reason why I've been reluctant at any point, as bleak as things have looked this year, I've been a little reluctant to say, yeah, this, they're, 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 they're not going to do it. I mean, because of what they did last year and the way they really did seem to flip that switch. Are they doing that now? I don't know. They're defending better. And speaking of Steph, I think these are encouraging signs, J.D. Tell me what you think of this. You just look at the last two games. You know how much they rely on Steph Curry. Steph Curry's last two games is 4 for 15 beyond the arc, and he's been limited to 18 shots in each of the last two games, and yet the Warriors have won both of those games, and he's played well in both of those games. Yeah, he has. Really controlled the game with his passing in Dallas. We talked about that a little bit earlier, and and why, though, have the Warriors been able to win those games? He has still played well in other 
areas and, and controlling the game and the like and finishing last night. I mean, he, he helped with – it's been Jordan Poole, though. It's Jordan Poole's emergence as it was Kaminga a little bit in Dallas. It's uh -huh. the emergence of scoring from other places that have allowed Curry to not have to shoot it the way that Curry typically has to shoot it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also last night, Clay had seven points in that in that fourth quarter. So, again, very encouraging signs. Uh, and Kuminga is not as hot of a topic today because he didn't play that well last night, but he had a great road trip, which is a great sign. You know, as we've talked all year, I've talked about how the Warriors need something. They need somebody. They need to add somebody. And it looks like maybe in some ways Kuminga is going to become that guy that they hoped he was going to be. That was the plan this year, right, was for the Warriors to improve largely through improvements from their youngest players. And, of course, we know it didn't work out with Wiseman, and we know Moody is still struggling and made a big shot last night. But Kuminga's been, I think, all things considered, for all the talk about the young guys and it hasn't worked out, Kuminga's been a success story this year. Yeah, I, I think he has been as well. I, I think what happens with Kuminga, and, and I've gotten caught up in, in this a little bit in, in the back and forth with, with fans, is I, I think people are expecting too much too quickly from, from Kuminga. I think they, they view – just the, the tantalizing athleticism and talent and, and can see that he's got a real shot to be a very good player in a couple of years. And there's a, a tendency to want to see that unleashed now. And like, if you could just get it, you know, to get it to that, like that there's more that could be done now if you gave him yeah. more of an opportunity. Whereas what the Warriors have done is the opposite in that, they, they've tried to create a role for him on this team. It doesn't mean that it's a player that he's always going to be, right. but there are specific ways he can be successful and help this team while developing and becoming a different player two years from now. So I, I don't view Kaminga as only one type of a player for life or mm -hmm. for his career, but for now what they need him to do is be extremely aggressive defensively, guard on the ball, take those open corner threes in the context of the offense – Cut, 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 cut. He had five baskets in Dallas on cuts the other night and uses defense to turn into offense. He had two steals that turned into to buckets going the other way. But I think what happens with Kaminga is it there's just this just he he played great against Dallas and scored whatever he had, twenty two points against against Dallas. The Warriors did not unleash Kaminga against Dallas. They didn't. I know right. it, 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 like, if anything, he was kind of unleashed a little bit more last night. There was more going one-on-one. -on -one. There were quicker shots earlier in the offense. And so, and it didn't have the, the same impact. Yeah, he took 11 shots in that game. He just but made it, nine of them. But yeah. they didn't unleash him. Right, it was right. all in the context of, it was, he fit, as I like to say, his game in the box that the Warriors want him to fit yeah, his game into. That. Yeah, and he can that. still score a lot when he does it on certain nights against certain matchups, and that's what he did. So I, I think the belief that because, and I saw this, and I, I, I bristled. I'm not going to lie. I bristled at, at people who, I think Monty Poole, I love Monty Poole. Monty Poole wrote, maybe it's time to start, maybe it's time to start Kaminga. And I'm thinking, no. And, like, it, this is exactly what people, like, he plays well, and everybody wants more immediately or believes that more soon is is what the goal should be. And it's, and it's not. It's hone in on that Dallas 
game Kaminga role and do that stuff. And if you do that stuff, you're going to score. You're going to do it efficiently. You're going to help this team win. And I thought Steve Kerr, and I know I'm getting off on a tangent here on you, Whitey. No. He said it last night. I'm just, I'm just glad you're not bristling at me. In his pregame press conference, he said it last night. The, the key for the – like Kaminga's been almost exclusively, Kerr said, a four for this team. But I think there's this thought. People want him playing the three. He's not a three on this team. It's not to say, again, he's not ever going to be a three. And Kerr said, hey, you know, maybe we need to find out, can he play a little bit more three? Can he play with Draymond and 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 Looney? They haven't done that at much. It hasn't been successful, Coach Kerr said. It, when he has been out there with those other two, he has not played well in those lineups. And so I think you're trying to find the best ways that Kaminga can succeed now help this team out because they do need him to help now but they need him to help now in a different way than than maybe the player he'll become down the line that's, that's point. the point yeah and I know you and I've had that uh conversation going back to early in his rookie year I've had that thought that he can be a three and you said no um he's not and right now you're right which and I made this point yesterday somebody called Dibs and I and asked about what about Kuminga starting well you can't really start Looney and Draymond and Kuminga yeah I mean <laughs> you can't really do that but that's okay uh, to the point you raise there's I think an unrealistic expectation that a player's progress is going to be linear like if he's a young guy he's got to get better this year and better and better and better and better and better and that is not true especially for a guy as raw as Kuminga I mean look at I'm not saying Kuminga's Giannis, but remember Giannis, it took him a while. He wasn't Giannis as a, in his rookie year. It wasn't like, oh, this guy's going to be a two-time MVP. It takes time. So the progress is coming, and uh, there there have been so many frustrations this year that people have wondered, what's wrong? Oh, well, it's because Kuminga, he's a better player, and Kerr's not playing him, and that that's, that's unleash what's wrong him. with his team. Unleash him. Yeah, like, like some people no, have said, unleash him. That, like, let him. Yeah. Like, let him go. Go improvise. There was nothing. There was one. He had nine buckets against Dallas. He had nine buckets against Dallas. He also got fouled late on a cut where he pump faked and got yeah. fouled and made a couple of free throws. So I, if you count that as ten buckets, the two free throws being another bucket that he got for, for his ten buckets against Dallas, nine of the ten were not improvised. Like there was the one play where he had it on the on the left wing, and everybody was kind of standing around, and he drove, and it was it was a really nice drive, and he mm -hmm. had the finish. That was the only play that was out of the context of that was the only play where it was just him going one on one against somebody. Yeah, and he did it one time, and and you know what? It tip of the cap, it worked out, but that's not what you want him doing nope. four, five, six times a game. And it's pretty clear that he knows that there was a play. On the road trip, was it in the Dallas game where he got the ball on the uh, right block and he turns and sees the defender and throws a cross court to an open somebody open for a three in the other corner? That's a great play. I heard Ron Adams yesterday with Tim Roy on the pregame, and Ron Adams said from the first time I saw him in the summer league, he's had a real good sense of the game and that he's developing that. That is developing. That's positive. That's a good thing. And it's not, Steve Kerr needs to play him more. This is actually working right now. Yeah, and, and they all, and, and look, and, and it's already starting. It's already starting on the 5-1-0. Okay. Kaminga, Kaminga could start for Dante. No, that's exactly what, that, that no, he can, and, and 
Coach Kerr said this, and I, I will agree with the other part of this this person's text from the 510, who said Kaminga is a 2-3 on defense, a 3-4 on offense. He's a 4 on offense, and that was, that was Steve Kerr's point. For the Warriors right now, he's a 4. And Kerr even went on to say, Whitey, that they like the shots in their offense that Kaminga gets from the 4 mm -hmm. as opposed to the shots that he gets when he's on the floor as, as the 3. And so I, I, it's you know it's subtle to a lot of people. I do think people look at him as like, oh, he's a big wing. Like, get him out there and let him let him cook. Mm -hmm. Uh uh, that's that's a losing proposition for this Warriors team. But the corner threes that are wide open that he gets as a four, the cuts that lead to dunks and fouls, like the, that that's where it's at. I I will agree with the other part of this text though. He is on defense. He's he's really been a one two or a three on defense. Uh-huh. It completely different. It, yep. it's offense is when we're talking about it. And and that gets back to he's a four for the Warriors on offense exclusively. And and Coach Kerr said it. I'm glad he said it. I'm I'm sure a lot of people didn't hear it because it was a pregame press conference and not a postgame press conference. But but he laid it out flat straight like to the point he's he's been a four we like the shots he gets as a four again it doesn't mean he can't be more dynamic later but it's it's do the little things it's play and the smart man's game he played a very high iq game against dallas yes he's recognizing if i'm patient i'm going to have those opportunities within the framework of everything else we do in terms of the question of development and what's best for a young player this is why it's going to be so interesting to see what James Wiseman does. And let's put everything aside in terms of what we think they should have done or shouldn't have done or with him or his development or what he's going to be. You had James Wiseman, a young guy, very raw, didn't work here. He wasn't playing a lot. Very structured, a championship-caliber team, didn't play. Now he's with a terrible team, but he's going to get a chance to play. So is that going to be better for his development? I think most people would say, yes, because he's playing. Well, we'll see. I mean, is that really better if you're on a really bad team and you just get to score a lot of points for a team that doesn't win? I don't think so, but it'll be interesting to see how much better he becomes in a situation like he's in now, which is night and day from what he was in here. Yeah, I, I think it, it will be interesting to see how that ultimately plays out. And and look, like a, a lot of people, again, asking what's the di like what's the difference between a three and a four? What's the difference between you know it's all positionless? I think people just see Kaminga's talent. And, and look, and and I, I hate saying this because it makes it makes it out like I'm down on Kaminga when I'm not down on Kaminga, and I and I don't like it. But but what I think a lot of Warrior fans see is his athleticism and talent and what he might be in a couple of years and think I want that dude with Steph and Clay and Draymond and Looney like he's the the next one mm -hmm. and 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 that's just not the way this Warriors team is built right now to to have him in that that's that's putting too much on his plate at too young of an age where it doesn't fit within the context of what the Warriors uh, want want to accomplish here, like or Wiggins is out. He's the Wiggins. No, he's not the Wiggins. He's not. I wish like, he that's was. That's the I, thing. He's I not still think the he Wiggins. Could be, but he's just not. He's not a wing right now. Yeah, I he, mean, you can play him there. It's true that we're in the era of positionless basketball. Defensively, yes. And the lines, the distinctions between this position and that position are blurrier than they've ever been. But still, well, there are differences. And for Kuminga to be playing at a, at the wing position where Wiggins is right now, you'd be doing him and yourself a disservice. But you also, you also, and I think the the best way to explain it as it relates to 
the Warriors starting lineup with Stephen Clay and and Looney and, and Draymond, and I think this is what Coach Kerr was trying to do. And again, I'm I'm laying out what Coach Kerr said. It's making my argument for me, and I again, but then that's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, but it it's a it's basically you don't want to have three non non. Then you've got Draymond who's a non scorer. You've got Looney who's really a non scorer, and you've got Kaminga who's who's a non who's a non scorer. Which again, I think there's some fans that that think maybe. The, maybe he needs to be considered more of a more of a a, a scorer. Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, I just go, said go a away because you were talking. And yeah, we were. Uh, the, <laughs> sorry. I, are you guys being fed? I think she said, and I and, and why he was like, oh no, we're good. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah, let's bring it, bring it on, bring it, bring it on here. Uh, and, and My bad. I, I don't know that I've ever been. I don't know that I've ever been as angry with you. Now you're now you're now you're bristled. Maybe I'll do a commercial break right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can we get to that commercial break? Like, what do you mean? I got. We got to try everything. Um, but no, it's it's the it's the at times you can't play Draymond and Looney together because it's two non-scorers. Well, you're adding a third non-scorer, and I think that's where it gets to the misconception. I think there's a lot of Warrior fans that think Kaminga is a scorer. He's he can score. He's not a scorer. Mm-hmm. It's right. a, there's a subtle difference, but and I and I think there are some Warrior fans that are like, hey, yeah, let Kaminga go try to cook. Let him go score. Get him get him a couple of these grills and some of these ovens behind us and let him cook. It's just not really a good idea. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now maybe right. in two, three years, sure. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like he he will be. I mean, he's gotta I know Guru says this all the time. He's gotta work on his handle. Yeah. Like if he really wants to if it's he, another reason he can't really play the wing position. Yeah, he doesn't have a great handle. And if the ball's in your hands out there, you gotta be able to you gotta be able to attack and not one move. At, you know, you're you're either by or through somebody, and you're at the rim. You got to be able to actually handle it. If he's playing a wing position right now, and I'm guarding him, I can pretty much, like the Lakers did. Remember the way the Lakers guarded him, and I don't know if he was playing wing position then or not. But you can stay off of him because he can drive on you. But he's not gonna. He doesn't have the skills to put it on the floor and create a shot. And he's not a good outside shooter yet. So that's all. But that's why he's not ready to play that position. I still think he could become that. But I still think right now, all things considered, the Jonathan Kuminga story for the Warriors this year has been a successful one. Agre- and I agree with that. And th- and that's the other thing. Like people think I'm down on him. I think he's had a pretty good year. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he's continuing to grow and develop. So mm-hmm. it's it's both things can be equally true. Like yep. I don't think he's ready to make these giant leaps he's not the MVP this year yeah, yeah this year yeah but I do think he's had a very successful year and he's in the rotation mm-hmm. in in the playoffs which I think is is a big time positive for for the Warriors and and we'll see you know if, if Wiggins doesn't come back maybe the Warriors have to get a little bit more creative as far as who's playing where but but Dante DiVincenzo while he is a smaller player is a much more complimentary player because of his ability to pass and dribble and move the and and keep the ball moving and take the right shot like like offensively DiVincenzo even though he's really more of a guard than a wing he he fits much better with Draymond and with Looney on that side and he is a capable defender in particular on the ball and he rebounds up he rebounds like a forward more than a guard that's one of the things that makes me scratch my head when people talk about how difficult this system is Um, because you have a guy like Dante DiVincenzo who hasn't been playing for the Warriors obviously and he came in and he was an instant fit and I don't think – I think we overstate a lot of, oh, this warrior system is so difficult. I think it's based on some very basic 
basketball principles. And I think Dante DiVincenzo proves that. And to your point, he does so many things well for them right now. Obviously, he's a little overextended as you're starting small forward. But he's still, uh, he's holding down that spot and he gives you great defense. And that, that's where it all starts with him. Eight eight. And they're going to miss him, J.D., next year. DiVincenzo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. there's like, like you can say that, and, and they've said, well, at least it's been reported, hey, part of getting Gary Payton the second is you're going to lose DiVincenzo. They're not the same player. Like, they're, no. they, they really, I mean, Payton, It's a nice insurance policy, but, you but need, you're right. You yeah. need another wing. Yeah. You need another guard wing defender, which he, but but he is a different player. Like, I mean, DiVincenzo does a little bit of everything. Yeah. He can shoot it a little bit. He can pass it a little bit. He can defend a little bit. Well, that's He's high the IQ. What is Peyton? Like, you know, Peyton was originally thought of as a point guard. Well, they've played Peyton a lot at the four. I know. Offensively, thank you. Right. A, I they've know. played Peyton at the four, off, which is why, again, and don't, don't, don't start. Come, don't start screaming at me, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if Peyton ends up some nights taking some of Kaminga's minutes. I, it really wouldn't surprise me, mm-hmm. especially on nights where maybe Kaminga doesn't doesn't play as well. But they're they're going to have to they're going to have to sort through that. And I think Wiggins, you know, and then if Wig, if Wiggins did come back, you know, I've said that like maybe that takes some of Kaminga's minutes too now because there would be two more options that right. that, that would have the potential to play. I mean, when it's all perfect for the Warriors. It's Steph, it's Clay, it's Wiggins. If he's back, it's Draymond, it's Looney. Then you've got Poole, DiVincenzo, Peyton, Kaminga. That I mean, that's nine. Maybe Jamichael Green's ten, depending upon the night. I mean that, and that's that's probably it. Poole. I think I mentioned Poole. Yes, I didn't. I? You did. You did. You absolutely. <laughs> I was did. like, did I not mention Poole? Yeah. And again, as I've said a million times, and as everyone knows who follows this team, as congested it is bunched together as the West is right now, it makes all these games so significant. Whereas for Warrior fans, you know, quite often this time of year is like, eh, when did the playoffs start? I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow. There's a lot of juices, you like to say. That, to me, is a really juicy contest. The, the Minnesota game? Yeah. Because yeah, of where they are. 37-37 yeah. and 37 well, against 39-36. Yes. I mean, for as much as we can, we can talk in the Warriors' arc, Closer now. Ant Man is juicy. The closer the Warriors are closer to fourth now than they are to being out. Yeah, completely. But you're right. The teams that are directly beneath the Warriors, Minnesota and the Pelicans, they're coming in mm-hmm. in these next two. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the the difference is not that great. Where Minnesota's a game and a half out, that game has the potential to have some some tiebreaker ramifications. If the Warriors win over Minnesota, they'd be up two and a half with the tiebreaker because they would take three or four against Minnesota. If they don't, then they're only separated by half. And the tiebreaker would be in flux, although Minnesota would, by virtue of conference record, they'd have a better conference record at that point. So Minnesota would, would own the tiebreaker at the end of the night tomorrow if they win that game. So it is. I, I And you're right. Towns just came back. and, and You're just that team doesn't really impress you, right? That's where you're coming well, from. Well, no, I, I've actually, in, in a way, I've liked how they've played, given who's been out for them. But I also feel like they've they've let a lot of games get away. Oh, at, definitely. At, at different points. We talked you had about the, all the yeah, yeah. You had the note the about some of the bad teams here. that they've lost. Yeah, lost to a lot. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like they are probably like if I had to pick eight teams. Right now, like who are the who are the eight teams that deserve like without getting into seeding or anything? So it's like we have a committee, like an NCAA it's just, committee. Here are the eight teams yeah. that get to make it. Yeah. Forget about the play-in. Forget yeah. about what. It's just look at everybody's season. 
at everybody's talent, who are the eight teams that, that deserve to make it this year? And, and if I had to, and again, no, no order of seating, but I'm going to give you my eight yeah. right now that okay. deserve to make it. Denver. Right. Memphis. Sure. Sacramento. Absolutely. The Clippers. Mm-hmm. The Suns. Yes. The Warriors. Right. The Lakers. Okay. And I, I think I would give Minnesota the eighth spot. Okay. Of that group. I would give Minnesota the sp- over the Pelicans, over the Thunder, over even Dallas, who's kind of gutless, Utah, Portland, forget about them. They're not even – I mean, Portland at this point is probably wishing they had tanked. <laughs> yeah. They'd wish they did. They'd scrap the whole at, thing. Sitting at 13th and four games out of 10th and 12 thought, games out of 14th. I thought you were going to go out OKC of Wimbayama. Yeah, I, I love no, OKC. No, that was a, Yeah, they, that was a bad loss for them last night. No, OKC that. should be worse than they are. Like, uh, okay, I, I feel like OKC at 36 and 38, I think they're kind of frauds, to be honest. I think that's a great story. Frauds or not. I think for what they've done with as many really, really young guys as they've had, even to be 36 and 38, I think that's a remarkable story. All right. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. We'll come back. We'll reset everything here at Friedman's as the Warriors getting set to take on the Timberwolves, continuing the homestand tomorrow. We'll have all that action for you right here at 95.7 The Game. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.